the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Simple Truth Moments, hosted by Reverend Earl Clampett of Simple Truth Ministries, a weekly show dedicated to excavating God's Simple Truth Moments. Good morning, San Diego Saints. I am your host, Reverend Earl Clampett. Welcome to Simple Truth Moments, a unique type of broadcast with the goal to prepare the body of Christ for the momentous times in which we find ourselves. This program serves as a kingdom training platform challenging church tradition, not with hostility, but with a view to assess the biblical validity of what is taught and lived. So put on your seatbelt for an enlightening journey of cultural context and a fresh way to more thoroughly comprehend the kingdom ways of God. Welcome back, San Diego Saints, to the Simple Truth Moment Show. Last week, we did a best of um, and interrupting a series that we were in, and... uh, because I was out of town and I am back. Had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope you guys also had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And we're going to pick it up um, on our from our series uh, where we left off uh, talking about this book that came out last year, Homecoming, um, authored and published by me. Um, it says how the mystery of the new covenant brings both Jew and Gentile back to Abba Father. And um, I want to talk uh, about some things that people ask when they discovered that I wrote actually four books, two of which dealt with this one new man uh, in Messiah Jesus concept, Uh, something that whether you read the complete Jewish Bible in Ephesians chapter 2 and 3, where it talks about one new humanity, or whether you use the New King James um, in the same two chapters of Ephesians written by Paul, um, where he refers to this mystery. uh, The Jewish Bible calls it a secret plan of God of bringing Jew and Gentile together. You see that in Ephesians uh, 2 and 3. Galatians also uh, talks about it in the same two chapters, 2 and 3, so that's easy to remember, Ephesians 2 and 3, Galatians 2 and 3, and then Romans uh, chapters 9 and 10 and 11 talk about um, this entire process of bringing Jew and Gentile together, and you know why? What's the point? Now, what we, where we left off on our series um, two weeks ago, we were talking about Um, all of the biblical names, the biblical identities, if you will, uh, for um, Gentile um, new believers. And um, I kind of threw out the query whether you had ever appreciated the fact that you were called all these different titles and all given all these different identities in the Scripture, which you probably— may have read, passed over, said, I'm not sure what this means, and then you just keep reading. But we had a long list. Um, I encourage you to go back to the earlier uh, podcast. You can get them on um, KPRZ um, and .com, and then just go to the podcast section. Or you can go to my website, which is www.simpletruthministries, that's plural, they're ministries, um, uh, .net. I'm not a .org, I'm not a .com, I'm a .net. And then if you uh, see the home page, that's what will pop up. Go under the media pull-down menu, and then you will see podcasts, and you can catch up on the earlier podcast. I encourage you to do that because we spent some time on what do all these titles um, mean um, when we were talking in, in Ephesians 2 and 3, uh, when Paul says, New Gentile believers are called or referred to as members of the Commonwealth of Israel. And um, 
we talked about what that means, what that looks like. And people probably look at that and they're scratching their head going, well, I'm not Jewish. Are they talking about the nation of Israel? Are they talking about uh, the concept of the name Israel that was given to Jacob after he wrestled with the angel um, with Jacob's dream and then he saw the portal of uh, the stairway to heaven with the angels coming down and and, uh, going up uh, basically doing their job as ministering angels, and then he has a wrestling match all night with one, and uh, as a result of the wrestling match, he's touched in the hip, and um, his name has changed. It's changed from Jacob, meaning heel, like your heel of your foot, heel snatcher, um, because he was grabbing onto. Uh, the heel of his brother when he was born, because uh, his brother was born at this more or less the same moment he was, and um, he went from being Jacob heel snatcher over to Israel, meaning signifying he he who wrestles with God, he who wrestles with God, and. So we talked about what's this Commonwealth of Israel mean? And all of a sudden, you as Gentiles are being called Commonwealth of Israel by Paul the Apostle in Ephesians 2 and 3. And what does that mean? Um, I'm just going to go over a quick list of some of the things, some of the names that you were identified with when you came to know the Lord, came to faith in Christ. Uh, and so Paul was saying, for, uh, you know, previously you were far away. Uh, you were aliens, you were strangers to the covenants. Well, what covenants is he talking about? Well, he was talking about the covenants that were made with the Jewish patriarchs apply to you as a new Gentile born-again believer. Now, that may throw everybody for a loop, but I just invite you to read Ephesians chapter 2 and chapter 3, and start marking all of the different names that you were called earlier. In other words, you were previously an alien. You were previously a stranger. And now that you have a, a you were brought near to a lot of different elements of family and, and nation and um, a co- coalition and you were brought near, uh, so we, so you're not called an alien any longer. You're called now a fellow citizen. Well, that sounds like a, a country concept or a nation concept. Well, and that's after Paul says, if you're a fellow citizen, what are you a citizen of? The Commonwealth of Israel. And so you were formerly an alien, formerly a stranger, but now you're welcome into this membership as a citizen of the commonwealth of Israel. Israel is talking, yes, about the Jewish people, but it's much larger than that. Israel is a concept of being connected to God, being connected to the olive tree, which Many experts say represents Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. That's his name in, in uh, Hebrew. And, and I want to just take a little side jaunt here. Um, talking about Romans 9, 10, and 11, um, you're not just leaves on a Hebrew tree as a Gentile who's just been welcomed. You've been brought near by the blood of Christ to the commonwealth of Israel. Um, You've also been brought near to the family of God, a member of the family of God. You are, if you're a member of the family of God as a son or a daughter, well, then all of a sudden you're talking about, by the way, you're a joint heir, H-E-I-R, a joint sharer um, of the promises that were made by God, Father God, to Father Abraham regarding everyone who was down line from that initial contact 
of Father God reaching out to Father Abraham and saying, I am going to do something to restore to the earth everything that I had earlier set up and planned and established in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. And this was a plan of restoration. It was a plan of restitution, if you will, of all things that had been lost and from which we were separated in Genesis chapter 3. And God has never changed his mind to say, well, that didn't work out, so I guess I'll go to a plan B and you know, we'll, uh, we'll just forget about putting man in charge of, of the material creation and we'll just shift gears here and, and try to uh, see if we can work out an alternative. God doesn't make mistakes. God does not uh, do experiments that he doesn't know the results ahead of time. He knew exactly what he was doing when he looked over at the end of Genesis 1, at the end of the sixth day, after everything he had created, and he looked at, especially at the material creation, including the creation of mankind, who was given authority, that means legal permission from God, to administer and steward and, in essence, run the earth. And his comment, his public comment, was what he made was not just good. If you look it up and read the last four verses of Genesis chapter 1, starting at verse 26 through uh, verse 31 of chapter 1 of Genesis, You'll see there that he doesn't say that everything he made, including the material creation, including mankind, is part of the material creation, and the idea that he gave over to mankind the legal permission to have dominion and govern the earth. He commented, he opined, if you will, that it was very good. And we have to lodge that in our brain because That is the beginning of the story of the cosmos as we understand it, of the connection, interconnection between the spiritual world and the material world. And that really, it's important that we know that God is a God of faith being faithful, uh, of being dependable, of being consistent of being trustworthy, of of all of the noble characteristics that you would look for on someone who is your father, as far as provision, uh, protection, and giving you your identity. By the way, all three of those qualities that I just mentioned, identity giving and protection and provision, are all in the Lord's Prayer. Check it out. Say the Lord's Prayer to yourself slowly and look for where's our identity given to us and where is God being the provider of everything we need? Where is that mentioned in the Lord's Prayer? And then check out the, also the third reference where it talks about God being our protector. And so going back to what we belong to when we come to Christ— is kind of a mind-blowing experience when you actually take the time and sit down and read these chapters slowly and ask yourself the question, who is Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit? Who is he talking about? He's not talking about Jewish people here. The the letter to the church at uh, Ephesus was um, basically, overwhelmingly, a, a, a Gentile church, And the Church um, of Galatians was also a Gentile church. In fact, that's probably the most Gentile church uh, letter that Paul addressed uh, of any any, uh, place in the Bible. So again, read slowly Ephesians 2 and 3 and Galatians 2 and 3 and write down every name that you are called as a new, welcoming you as a new member of, of the family of God and what you're called. 
So you're a member of the Commonwealth of Israel. You're no longer an alien. You're no longer a stranger. You become uh, attached to the family of God as a child of God. And as a child of God, now we're talking another category of being an heir, H-E-I-R, joint heir, a joint share with everything that was promised to the seed of Abraham. And people think, well, that was just to the Jewish people. Well, that's why I want you to read Galatians 2 and 3 also, because there's some more mind-blowing names that you're going to be called as a Gentile. And as a Gentile, it talks about if you belong to Christ, which was assumingly the commitment that you made when you first came to faith, um, if you basically dedicated your life to Christ in its totality and accepted Jesus not just as your Savior, not just as your Deliverer, but also as your Lord, okay, so that signifies, in essence, ownership. You're saying, everything I am, I'm handing over to you, and I want you to run my life from this point forward. If you belong to Christ, in Galatians 2 and 3, it talks about if you're Christ, you are the part of the seed of Abraham. Now, that seed is a small s. Uh, there's another reference, another reference of, of uh, seed of Abraham in a, uh, with a capital S. And when you see that, that's talking about Jesus Christ, who is the downline inherit, inheritance of what God, Father God had promised to Father Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 15, Genesis chapter 17. And you will see the connection between um, a line of people called uh, the Hebrews, Jewish people, and why this covenant was made with them as a select, selected group, as a prototypical group. You're, they were a prototype, something they put... God puts out front and says, this is how I want you to emulate a relationship of, with me as your father, as your divine father. And, and then you'll notice there's a reference to the people of the nations. Uh, the seed of Abraham was to be a blessing to the people of the nations. Well, as we start to analyze how many people groups are in the, in the Scripture, there are only two. It's, you're either uh, of the Jewish-Hebrew category, or you are of the people of the nations, the goyim, G-O-Y-I-M. That's the Hebrew name for Gentiles. And that's it. There are two groups. Well, when you start to study the covenants and you say, well, those covenants were really for the Jews, they're not for us, you, as a Gentile member of the people of the nations were really the objective. You were the point of God making the covenant with Abraham in the first place because Abraham and his seed were supposed to be a blessing to, plural now, nations, the people of the nations. That is Gentile. Um, it's a Gentile reference, but it's, a, it's, a, it's Gentile um, as a singular group, but also with a very large membership, um, individual membership. So we have Galatians uh, chapters 2 and 3 talking about um, Gentiles being the seed of Abraham. That's the small s, if you belong to Christ. And then it says, if you belong to Christ, you are you're the seed of Abraham, you're eligible for the blessing of what God was giving to Father Abraham, the promise that was made from Father God to Abraham. And what was that blessing? Look for this. It says the blessing is the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit with a capital S. So we see in Romans, I believe it's in Romans, where it talks about um, who are the sons of God. How can you tell if you're a son of God or not? Well, Romans clearly says, if you are led by the Spirit, you are a son of God. 
the Holy Spirit. And so this coming into this citizenship of Commonwealth of Israel, also that's the larger group. The smaller group is the family of God. And now we're getting very um, intimate. We're getting very profound. We're getting very relational. Um, you are now member, a member of a very royal, heavenly royal family with all of its rights and inheritances and titles that come with that. And that's why I want you to go through Ephesians 2 and 3 and Galatians 2 and 3 and study all the references that it makes about you as an heir, a joint heir. There's a reference in Romans chapter 8 about us uh, crying out in our spirit uh, to Abba Father, and we are adopted okay, as sons of God, as children of God. And if we're children, says Romans chapter 8, I think it's uh, starting at verse uh, 15 through the end of the chapter. If we are children, adopted children, it in essence says you're also an heir, H-E-I-R, and therefore you are a joint heir with Christ. Christ, Jesus, was not the Father. He's the Son of God. He's very man of very man, but he's also very God of very God. And he, was, he issued forth from the Father. And what Romans is telling us is that we are going to receive a similar inheritance to that of the Son of God, the Messiah, who the Jews have been waiting for, who the Gentiles know who is coming, and even the Muslims are waiting for a Messiah, although their version is unfortunately very uh, twisted, uh, and not the Judeo-Christian Messiah, but this receiving and waiting for this figure of this deliverer who will deliver us from the power of the enemy, who will deliver us from the kingdom of rebellion, who will deliver us from Satan and his uh, uh, autocratic, tyrannical rule over our lives. We need a rescuer. That's the role of Jesus. That's why he came as a perfect sacrifice. We need um, a rescuer, a deliverer, a savior, saving us from death, which is separation from God. This rescuer, this deliverer, this Messiah, Jesus, uh, reconciles us back to God. That's why he came. You look at the last um, four verses in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and it talks, I think you're going to find the word reconcile or reconciliation or to be reconciled about four times, maybe five. And it talks all about this was the mission of the, of the Messiah, of Jesus, of his, in his Jewish name, Yeshua HaMashiach. Yeshua is Jesus, uh, which means he saves in Hebrew. HaMashiach means the Messiah, the, the deliverer the anointed one. And so as we come into the Christmas season, we need to understand that we're going to celebrate the birth of this Messiah, of Jesus, um, but we have to understand this is about a return and inheritance of that which we were given, our first parents were given in Genesis 1 and 2. It's a circular return, restitutional restorational, regenerational story which is circular in nature and cyclical in its effect. We're coming back home, which is surprisingly not what everyone thinks. Back home to the material creation. We'll see you after the break. Some more titles are coming. God bless.
Did you know that the Simple Truth Moment Show features a website where you can access previous podcasts of the Simple Truth Moment Show? Also, previous radio shows, sermons, lectures, sponsored events, books, and publications, along with the blogs by the author and broadcaster, Reverend Earl Clampett of the Simple Truth Moment Show. Just type in www.simpletruthministries.net and click onto the media page and the book publications page. You will learn so much more on how the kingdom of God ways are impacting our current Gentile church culture to rediscover our Hebrew covenant roots and God's blueprint plans to bring together both Jew and Gentile into one new humanity in Messiah Jesus and Father God. It will be a life-changing journey you will not soon forget. So type in www.simpletruthministries.net. It's not .org. It's not .com. Remember .net. God bless. Welcome back, saints. So we are continuing on a little review, and I'm just going to mention the the other titles that you're called in the scripture, and I'm going to ask you to go back to two weeks ago, uh, back to our podcast, um, and you can do that on kprz.com and go to their podcast uh, listing there, or you can, again, go to... Uh, my website at www.simpletruthministries.net and then go to the media page and then there'll be a pull-down menu and then go to podcasts. But um, just briefly, you will hear in this earlier podcast, um, you are also kings and priests. That Those are titles that you probably didn't hear too much about, but these are many times uh, the future, there's your future, um, functions that you'll be doing when you return back with Messiah Jesus uh, coming from heaven back down to earth. Um, see, a lot of people will ask me, well, um, aren't we all going to go in heaven and stay up there forever? And I'm going, well, um, we're, I have nothing against heaven, but it's it's not the ultimate place where God wants to take us. And we're, the place of where we go isn't the shouldn't be the main focus of this whole uh, coming into a relationship uh, with the Godhead. Um, The goal of the Judeo-Christian walk, the Judeo-Christian journey, is not transportation from point A to point B, as we have been taught, unfortunately, in our Gentile worlds of Catholicism and uh, Reformational Protestantism. It doesn't matter. I came from both both of those worlds. the the message is Jesus came to restore that what that which was lost um, by our first parents in Genesis chapter three uh, when they disobeyed God. Um, that disobedience led to their separation um, from the presence of God, and they had to leave the garden. And um, there were large angels uh, put. Uh, at the at the gateway uh, entrances, so that they couldn't come back into the garden. Um, in one way, that was the cause and effect of um, separating yourself from God, handing their authority uh, that was given to them uh, to have dominion over the earth. Unfortunately, they voluntarily handed that authority over to the rebellious angel, who talked them out of their inheritance. Their in- destiny, um, as designated in Genesis 1 and 2, and um, it was a disaster. I mean, we're still paying the price for what happened in Genesis chapter 3. And so this restorational process is God saying, I am going to restore my kingdom, uh, whereby man is given authority and dominion over the material creation. Um and nothing has changed on that. So when we talk about these other um, titles, if you will, uh, destinies. So we talked uh, two weeks ago about you being a king and a priest in Revelation chapter 5, 5, 9, and, and those verses after that in Revelation chapter 5. Uh, the bride of Christ um, in Revelation 19. The father wants to um, have his son get married 
um, to his bride. We uh, are eligible as members of that um, group of the bride of Christ. We talked about um, other titles and responsibilities given to us of judges of men and angels. Now notice I said, and angels. That's in, uh, I believe it's in First Corinthians chapter 6. It says in verse 2, do you not, and this is Paul writing to the uh, church at Corinth, mostly Gentiles, do you not know the saints will judge the world? Most Christians don't know that that's one of their, <laughs> going to be one of their functions um, if they uh, are qualified for the, the rewards to the overcomers. That's what uh, the last book of Revelation talks about many times. Uh, these are rewards to the overcomers. Notice verse 3. Paul says uh, in 1 Corinthians 6, 3, Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? Most people will just look, give you that blank stare saying, Really? Judge of, of men and judge of angels? Yes. And then uh, in the letter to Timothy, Paul talks about being a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So there's membership um, to sign up because there's spiritual warfare uh, in the army, in the army of the Lord. So all of these uh, are titles that you can add to um, the earlier um, topics of being a member of the Commonwealth of Israel, being a member of the family of God, being a heir, being a joint heir and joint sharer, um, being part of the seed of Abraham, and therefore receiving the promises and the blessings in the Jewish covenant as Gentiles. So this is a long list, and where I want to go with this today, I want to read for you from a uh, page, this is out of the Homecoming uh, book, and this is called the Solving the Mysterious Construction Project of One New Man. And One New Man refers to Jew and Gentile coming together in the end times especially, um, and God has specific reasons for wanting to accomplish that. But I wanted to read to you uh, from page 273 of the Homecoming book. Um, I quote there a um, pr- very prolific author under whom I studied for about 15 years when I had just come to the Lord, um, Dr. Robert um, B. Thompson. Um, he, he, writes, he writes here, when Messiah came um, to the earth, he came to the Jews. Now, he's saying this as a Gentile pastor. Salvation is of the Jews. Well, if we think about uh, the discussion of Jesus with the uh, the woman at the well, he elaborates on that uh, to a, a large extent. Um, he, Thompson goes on and says, the spiritual and only kingdom of God um, is of the Jews. Messiah is the son of David and will be crowned king on the throne of David in the city of Jerusalem. And then he goes on to say, and this might blow a few people's minds out there, there is no such thing as a Gentile bride or a Gentile church. The words Gentile church in the Scripture don't, in a juxtaposition of next next to each other, don't ever appear anywhere in the Scripture. Thompson says on page 230, he goes on to say, we lose our identity as Gentiles the moment we become part of Messiah Jesus. Now that is a heavy thought. We have to stop thinking of ourselves in the context of there's a Gentile story and a Gentile destiny for only Gentiles and as well as a separate story and a separate um, identity and a separate um, purpose for the Jewish people. Paul's talking about Jesus knocking down this middle wall of separation in Ephesians chapter 2 because God wants to construct something. That's why it's called a construction project when you, re- when you read uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and 3. God's building something through which he's bringing together two seemingly disparate people 
who don't really realize that what brings them together is the fact that they have a mutual creator father and that all of the uh, Jewish covenants, the Abrahamic covenants, are applicable to both groups of people. And not only are we brought together based on the fact that we have a mutual father, we also should for no other reason come together because we have a mutual enemy, and that is the adversary. He's called Hasatan in Hebrew. Ha means the, Satan is adversary. And he wants to destroy everything that Father God created as far as the purpose of mankind to be in the likeness of God and then to image that likeness out as he had dominion, he and she had dominion over the earth in Genesis 1 and 2. That's what he wants to restore. And he's, Pastor, um, Pastor Thompson says here, Bob Thompson, he says, we lose our identity as Gentiles the moment we become part of Messiah Jesus. In fact, he goes on to say, we become part of the only true seed of Abraham. Where do you find that? Check it out, Galatians chapter 2 and Galatians chapter 3. That's the letter of Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle, by the way, was Jewish. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. He was a rabbi. He studied under probably one of the most famous rabbis um, named Gimaliel. Now, Thompson goes on to say, in Messiah, there is neither Jew nor Gentile. And I'm going to read to you the reference that I put in my book from Galatians 3, 26 through 29. This is out of the New King James. I'll read it out of the Complete Jewish Bible later, but let's just take it from the New King James right now. Okay, try to see what God is trying to do here by merging the two groups. Paul says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you who were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you were all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, now that's an apostrophe S. In other words, they're saying if you belong to Christ. He says, and if you are Christ, again, apostrophe S, then you are Abraham's seed. That's also an apostrophe S with Abraham, and that's, that is a small S on that, seed. And then, comma, and heirs according to the promise. What promise? The promise that was made in Genesis 12 and Genesis 15 and Genesis 17 between Father God and Father Abraham. Now, check it out, the same verse, Galatians 3, 26 through 29, in the complete Jewish Bible from David by David Stearns. For in union with the Messiah, you are all children of God through this trusting faithfulness. Um, I've noted that um, in other shows that every time uh, we talk about faith in Jesus, a lot of times, um, as a Gentile, we think, well, that faith just means you believe something in your brain. Um, I like the Jewish translation, um, where every time the word faith shows up with Gentiles, um, the Jews use a different word, at least David Stern does. And he says, where you see um, faith, he puts in, in, instead of the word faith, he says, trusting faithfulness. Now, that is a lot more based on a relational heart experience as opposed to a brain or a mind function of saying, I, I have faith in something. This is, no, this is your heart. This is your emotions. <laughs> this is your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions saying, I have a relationship of trusting faithfulness. To me, that's a lot more descriptive of of what the goal of the Judeo-Christian walk is, which is 
uh, union with God. It has nothing to do about where we go. It's a union with the Godhead. I mean, that is the theme all throughout, whether it's the, the, um, the First Testament um, or whether it's the New Testament. So let me go on here. I'll read the first line again. For in union with the Messiah, you are all children of God through this trusting faithfulness. Because as many of you as were immersed into the Messiah have clothed yourselves with the Messiah, in whom there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female. For in union with Messiah Yeshua, you are all one. Also, if you belong to the Messiah, you are the seed of Abraham and heirs according to the promise. Wow. I don't think I was ever taught in a Gentile context, either as a Catholic or as a Protestant, that my relationship with Jesus makes me part of the seed of Abraham and heirs according to the covenantal promise that everyone assumes only applied to the Jews? And I go on to, in page 274, I ask this question in the homecoming book. I say, are we Gentiles prepared to recognize that before our coming, becoming united with Messiah Jesus, we were considered or deemed to be without Christ, We were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, as we mentioned earlier, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope. We were without God in the world. And I'm quoting here out of the book, The Copernicus and the Jews, from the editor, um, Rabbi Gruber. God gave to Israel sonship, his glorious presence, his covenants, including the new covenant in Messiah, Jesus, his word, his written instruction, his law, his holy temple, and his great promises. He has irrevocably identified himself as the God of Israel. But what are we? We're also now seeds of Abraham, and remember Ephesians 2 and 3, what we talked about earlier in the show, we're also part of the commonwealth of Israel. So when we think Israel, we have to stop thinking that's only ethnically, racially Jewish people. No, it's not. Or even politically, you know, connected somehow to, you know, the nation of Israel. No, it's not. It's talking about something much larger, something much more inclusive. So let me go back to... um, Another quote from Pastor Thompson. Uh, as Thompson wrote, I'm on page 274 of the Homecoming book, the Christian salvation is not some special dispensation of divine favor only to the Gentiles. In fact, no Gentile can come under the new covenant until he or she, by being spiritually joined to Messiah Jesus, becomes a member of the house of Israel. Wow. How does that blow up the idea that this, there is a special dispensation only for Gentiles? I'm sorry. That's not biblical, folks. If you really sit down and read this comprehensively, what do I mean by that? Include everything. And then I go on to say that we Gentiles are ethnically different from uh, Messiah Jesus, ethnically, but by God's early design of there being only two people groups, Jew and Gentile, from Genesis chapter 12 forward or onward, those who are born Gentile belong to another dominion outside of the family of Israel. Paul confirms this truth went about his Hebrew kinsmen. So check this out in Romans chapter 9, verses 3 through 5. This is Paul writing uh, to, to the church at Romans. Now, Romans was a mixed church. It had both uh, Messianic uh, Jewish believers and Gentiles. 
And Paul says in Romans 9, uh, beginning at verse 3, oh, that I wish I could actually myself under put myself under God's curse and s- be separated from the Messiah if it would help my Hebrew brothers, my own flesh and blood, the people of Israel. They were made God's children, the Shekinah, uh, meaning the Shekinah glory, has been with them. The covenants are theirs. Likewise, the giving of the Torah, the temple services, and the promises. The patriarchs are theirs. And from them, as far as his physical descent is concerned, came the Messiah who is over all. Praise be Adonai forever. Now, that's out of the complete Jewish Bible. But I go on to say in page 275, but God, God has a larger plan of inclusion in mind by allowing us as Gentiles, referred to as the wild olive tree branches, who are, through trust, through faith, are united with Messiah to be grafted into the rich root of the originally cultivated olive tree of Israel. Now, where am I getting this? This is all out of Romans 9, 10, and 11, especially Romans chapter 11. Let's go on. As we participate in that ingrafting process, we gain our citizenship as members of the Commonwealth of Israel, along with all of its rights, its privileges, and its responsibilities. And I refer to uh, the reader there to say, see Romans chapter 11, reading verse 13 all the way through verse 29. Check that out. We become able to identify with our place as members of the messianic kingdom of God as it expands to all of the ends of the created earth. As believers pledging our loyalty to Israel's Messiah King Jesus, or his Jewish name, Yeshua, we are able to maintain our natural identity um, as Gentiles and fulfill yet God's promise that Abraham would be the father of many Gentile nations. And we see that in Genesis 17, verses 1 through 6. So, what I'm saying here is that that grafting process is something that um, people who raise uh, fruit crops, olives, um, (laughs) citrus here in Southern California, uh, avocados— There is a grafting in process that is done over in Israel with very old trees, trees that are sometimes hundreds of years old. And the process of agronomists is to increase exponentially the amount of fruit that is produced by these ancient olive trees. And what is done is that wild branches from wild olive trees are brought over to these older trees and they are grafted into the trunk, if you will. And I have seen that process done uh, with with avocados. What happens is that um, uh, my stepfather at one point was uh, had 17 acres of avocados and he wanted to change them from being fuerte avocados to what they call haas. Um, the fortes were very, were very thin in their skin. Haas is very thick, and it ships much better in a, in a commercial context. Well, he hired some students, some seniors who were um, agricultural majors at Cal Poly, brought them over to the uh, avocado um, orchard, had stumped out the fuerte trees, and brought in these haas, a different type of of. Uh, avocado through these grafted branches. And they had these bolo knives. You had to cut the the sides of the graft where it started to weep or seep out the the um, the liquid that's inside. And had, you had to do the same thing with the trunk. And then as you cut both the trunk and you cut the branch, you put, you put them together and then you wrapped them with a special wrapping, a special tape. And four years later, you had to wait four years, you were going to have a much more abundant crop. And the tree was, in the avocado sense, was still an avocado, but it wasn't a fuerte avocado. It was something different, different texture, 
different taste, but it was a Haas avocado. And I think um, just from my personal experience, I can now understand this language of Romans chapter 11 when it talks about why do you take these wild Gentile branches and put them on the original olive tree? It's to produce an unbelievable exponential increase in fruit. And that's why bringing Jew and Gentile is so critical in this time. God is interested in producing an end-time revival and bringing in a whole different amount of fruit that is neither Gentile nor Jew, male nor female, slave or free. In Christ, we are all one. You guys ready for this? Hope you have a ton of Simple Truth moments in this upcoming week. God bless. Thank you for spending your time with us excavating God's Simple Truth moments. For more information and resources, visit simpletruthministries.net. That's simpletruthministries.net. To contact Simple Truth Moments, email me at earlsimpletruth at gmail.com. That's earlsimpletruth at gmail.com. So until next time, may God richly reveal His Simple Truth Moments to you. You've been listening to Simple Truth Moments. Join Reverend Earl Clampett for another episode next Sunday at 11 a.m. right here on K-Praise. Did you know that the Simple Truth Moment Show features a website where you can access previous podcasts of the Simple Truth Moment Show? Also, previous radio shows, sermons, lectures, sponsored events, books, and publications, along with the blogs by the author and broadcaster, Reverend Earl Clampett of the Simple Truth Moment Show. Just type in www.simpletruthministries.net and click onto the media page and the book publications page. You will learn so much more on how the kingdom of God ways are impacting our current Gentile church culture to rediscover our Hebrew covenant roots and God's blueprint plans to bring together both Jew and Gentile into one new humanity in Messiah Jesus and Father God. It will be a life-changing journey you will not soon forget. So type in www.simpletruthministries.net. It's not .org. It's not .com. Remember, .net. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.